Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Welcome to another week of the Liberty Church Sermon B-Side podcast. My name is Matt Luloyan. I serve as one of the pastors of Liberty Church in the Camp Hill, Harrisburg part of Central Pennsylvania. And sitting in with me today and sitting in for Steve King, our usual host, is pastor of Congregational Care and Liberty Church elder, Bob Carvella. Bob, welcome to the Liberty Church Sermon B-Side podcast. Uh, It's great to be here, Matt. And uh, hello, everybody. And this is going to sound quite a bit different from the previous uh, B-Side podcast that you've been hearing uh, since probably September or so, since Steve started to be the the co-host. Up to now, it's been a couple of boys from Joyzy who have been been, uh, running the podcast, but now... You got a Yinzer here. I'm from the Pittsburgh area. A Yinzer. That's right. Now, just in case people are newer to Central PA and have not had any experience in West, I'm fresh off a trip to Pittsburgh last week for a couple days. So Yinzer is like top of mind vocabulary for me. But what is what exactly is a Yinzer, Bob? Yeah. So out in Western PA, uh, the plural for you, and sometimes even the singular for you, is Yins. Yins. So Yins guys out there who are listening. Yep. Uh, wow. You you can uh, you know maybe run down to Permani Brothers and get yourself a sandwich or fire uh-huh. up some pierogies. Yep. Open up a bottle of pop <laughs> and yeah. uh, enjoy this p- podcast. Oh, wow, yins. I, there's I'm, there's got to be an origin story to the word yins. I think it's you ones. Wow, you ones, which became yuns, which became yins. So I actually never got in the habit of saying yeah. yins, yeah. but I fiercely defend those who do because yeah. those are my people. Those are your people. Whereas from in New Jersey, we'd say use guys. Yeah, that's like maybe the plural or like uh, take a little Joe Pesci from My Cousin Vinny, and, and you're talking about young people, you just say utes. Yeah, utes. And the the judge in that, you know, yeah. he's familiar with that movie. He's like, yeah, I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. We've got. Yeah. Steve and I have pretty mild Jersey accents. Yeah, it's not it's not uh, it's not too bad. And we we're not Jersey boys in the way that like Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons can like belt. You don't you don't want to hear Steve and I try to like sing falsetto, and we're we're just not we don't have that you know in our repertoire. It's not no our, Sherry Baby or anything like we that. We could try, but I mean, your speakers would just explode as you listen to this B side <laughs> podcast. I think for the first time ever, a few weeks ago, I started to sing one line from I forget even what song it was now. Oh, it was Celine Dion. It's all coming back to me now. I got to drop a line of that into a to a B side, but that's as much as singing. You as got I've... a lot of email after that one. Like, please don't do please that again. Please stick to stick to the the spoken word. Yeah, no singing. But uh, yeah, great to great to be back uh, for another week of the B side podcast. Bob, you're you're sitting essentially in Steve's chair today, and you're gonna. Um, get to do the, the question asking. Yeah. So uh, so feel free to, to take it away. Yeah, sure. One thing that I, I did note here that the last couple of weeks we had like, when when Steve was here, we had like seven questions yeah. and nine We're questions. We nine one week. We yeah. had a bunch of questions. Yep. So I come in today thinking all I have to do is just read everybody's questions. Easy and job. This will yep. be easy peasy. Yep. One question. One question. One question. Thanks a lot, everybody yeah. out there. You know what? I think it's got to be people were just so um, encouraged by the overall day of Covenant Entrance Day. Yeah, wasn't that great? It was a really good day yesterday. Yeah. So maybe that was people just were like, you know what? I'm good. I don't have any questions. 
Jesus yeah. is meeting all of my needs. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no struggles or wrestlings or difficulties with anything this week. Yeah. Those are really special days in the life of our church. And, and it was great to welcome 13 people yesterday and yeah. a couple baptisms. And, and just reflecting on the stories, you know, some of them were incredibly dramatic. Um, mm-hmm. And then others were uh, people who basically shared that they hardly knew a day in their life when they didn't hear about the Lord from their parents or from people who were close to them. But each in their own way is really uh, a spectacular story of God's grace. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly the dramatic stories, people coming to know uh, Jesus in, in very difficult circumstances. But what a grace it is for those who were born into Christian homes and who were raised uh, by parents who loved the Lord and imparted that faith to them. It, it just, just wonderful stories. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely right. It yeah. was, yeah, I, I was uh, deeply encouraged. I always am by covenant entrance days and um, by the, the, the range of stories we get to hear. And then I, you know, especially on days we get to baptize people yeah. um, like we did yesterday. Those are just, uh, just great joys, you know, and for us as, Pastors and elders, um, we get called in to the front lines of a lot of hard things and hard moments in people's lives and tragedy and death and strife relationally and all kinds of things like that. But, um, but there are, there are a few real gifts and joys and highs of being mm-hmm. a pastor and an elder and, and few, maybe any match the, the high of just getting to sit front row for somebody's baptism. Yeah, that's for sure. A, a beautiful day. And I know you invited people to respond when yeah. the two people who were baptized came out of the water. Yeah. I think even without that invitation, that was just a genuine expression yeah. of of real joy that's uh, right. for those two people and them being baptized. Uh, that's not something we ordinarily do particularly yeah. well as a church, but yeah. but that was from the heart and it was that yeah. was, that was just beautiful. That's right. We're, uh, we're some of us like myself are kind of recovering from certain, you know, streams of, of tribes of the church that don't do a good job of being expressive, even in moments where like being expressive is completely appropriate. And, uh, and the moment feels all awkward to not be expressive at times. So, uh, so that's, that was my gentle, uh, gentle encouragement and prodding to, um, some, you know, recovering, recovering, uh, Presbyterians, at least in my case, to, uh, to, to be a little <laughs> more ex- expressive than, yeah. than Presbyterians tend to be in a lot of cases. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a really good day. Yeah. So, uh, yesterday during the sermon, uh, you opened up, uh, Philippians three, uh, one through 11. Yeah. Um, re- about, uh, just that so we can have genuine confidence as we press on. Yeah. So maybe just a 30-second or one-minute recap. What were some of the key things that were running through your mind as you as you put that sermon together? Yeah, um, that's really the the kind of, I mean, at the center of that passage is this incredible verse about um, the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. And this whole idea that, that Paul's accounting has completely changed. Jesus has brought this great reversal. Everything that he once counted as gain, he now considers loss compared to knowing Christ, gaining Christ, being found in Christ. So uh, the two main points from yesterday were sources of counterfeit confidence. And that was just kind of running down Paul's resume, for lack of a better word, of all the things he had to his credit that he used to consider gain that he now considers loss. And then um, looking at Jesus as the, the source of genuine confidence. And that um, that Paul is is saying as he's combating the false teaching that's present there in Philippi, he's he's rejecting that, but he's saying, 
there's a, there's an infinitely better way in Philippians. You can actually press on with, gen- I, I've actually found the source of genuine confidence and I'm continuing on in that. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I really, there's other places in Paul's writings where he does this, but in Philippians three here, how there's probably a, a term for it in, in terms of writing, but I think of it almost musically, like there's this crescendo as yeah. he starts to build up through uh, the first nine verses to this, Really, it just explodes at verse 10 and 11, that I may know him yeah. and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That, yeah. That I mean, people talk about having a life verse. Yeah. You could do a lot worse than having that as a verse that you kind of build your life around. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. And that's... um that's where too that that phrase has always been deeply meaningful for me that the surpassing worth of hmm. knowing Jesus. Yeah, uh, I, I alluded to it very briefly yesterday. Um, maybe with more time, that would have been a thing to go into further in the sermon itself. But part of my own story, having um, you know, my snapshot is much more like the ones we heard yesterday that are like not ever knowing a day in my life that I didn't want to follow Jesus, that I wasn't inclined to follow Christ. Yeah. Um, but in that is certainly a sense of, and I, sh- I just alluded to this, shared it briefly yesterday, that that I definitely have what Paul had in his for- in his former life, in his sources of counterfeit confidence, the resume, here's my hard work, here's my discipline, here's my morality, here's my resume that I would present to other people or before God for why I'm a good person, worthy of his favor, mm-hmm. worthy of his forgiveness, um, and certainly had that that sense that, you know, this is what differentiates me from everybody else. Um, I looked, so I've looked to Jesus to be the one who's, who alone can save me for a long time. That whole idea of Jesus alone being the one who can satisfy. And that, that, that's where that surpassing worth, like, do, do I actually believe that there is nothing worth more than knowing Jesus? Hmm. That, that did not click for me as being central to the Christian life, uh, until my post high school, my, my college years is when I really feel like I, by the grace of God, you know, grasp that idea that, that actually a follower of Jesus is one who not only looks to Jesus who, who saves us, but to Jesus who satisfies us. Mm-hmm. My, my high school years and, and especially my high school years, I think of, um, I looked to Jesus to save me, but I was really, there was a lot of appeal to the, to the immoral things that people were doing around me. There was a lot of appeal, like, man, that lifestyle looks more fun. It looks better. It was all discipline and morality. That was saying, but good people, good Christians don't do those things. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually become personally convinced that that following Jesus and that knowing Jesus was more satisfying, was worth more. The surpassing worth, right, yeah. was worth more than all those other things. And it and it, it was a um, a life altering discovery to say, wow, I actually no, I I think Jesus actually satisfies, unlike anything else mm-hmm. can satisfy. Um, and I would say that was a you know a very pivotal discovery uh for me in my life so so i I, like what you said bob you could do worse for a life verse um these words have been uh deeply personally meaningful to me as well yeah yeah. and in a similar way i i grew up uh going to church Mm -hmm. going to sunday school had the back in the day we would get pins for i had the pins too man that was a thing yep yeah (laughs) so i had a number of those they're probably at my dad's house somewhere those aren't the ones you're wearing right now and the (laughs) You brought them to staff meeting today. That's a. <laughs> I, I wear them to staff meeting every week, but you know, 
That would have been a great uh, illustration just to like for me to walk up on the stage yesterday <laughs> morning with my like Sunday school pins and my, my attendance pins. Rip but... them off, <laughs> yeah. So, I, but thinking about what Paul says here, that I may know him. Hmm. I I think growing up, I knew a lot about Jesus. Yeah. And it's a subtle difference, yeah. but it's all the difference. All oh, that's right. Uh, I had all the Sunday school answers, probably could have done well on a, a quiz or test yeah. or whatever, yeah. but but I didn't know him until I was in college, and yeah. and thankfully God placed people on my floor in my freshman dorm and, and some uh, campus pastors who hmm. who helped me, uh, although they, they might not know they helped me because when I, in my sophomore year, none of those people were still around. Oh, wow. But what they shared with me during that freshman year yeah. clicked one night my sophomore year. And huh. I'm like, I don't really know him. Wow. And uh, wow. Yeah. And even now, I, I think it can be real subtle. You know, we can, those of us who, who sometimes can get into studying doctrine, and I don't mean to downplay doctrine. Right. Yeah. But you can find yourself pursuing that to the exclusion of actually pursuing Christ. That's, that's exactly right. And uh, I think that that can be a real danger. And we can almost like Paul fall back on our bona fides mm-hmm. about, oh, I know I, I have a detailed understanding of the, you know, the five solas and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if, if they're not moving you closer to Christ, yeah, they're not doing you a whole lot of good. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right, man. Well said. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we did get one question. We did. Yeah. Um, and uh, for those of you who are into uh, kind of deep dives into words and grammar and that kind of stuff, this is for you. But it's also an important question. Yeah. Um, so the question is, could you do a deep dive in the grammar of the subjunctive mood? And somebody will have to refresh me on exactly what that means, but to explain how the translation may or might in verses 8 and 10 does not indicate uncertainty on Paul's part. So in verse 8, um, where are we at here? Verse 8, in order that I may gain Christ, there at the tail end, for his sake I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And then in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And and the use of the word may there, in some translations, it's might. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that doesn't indicate, like, hopefully that happens or whatever, but yep. but there is a certainty to it. Actually, in the, the reading through the Bible uh, earlier in uh, this month, we, we were reading through Hebrews, and there's a similar verse there, verse 17 of chapter 2 in Hebrews. Therefore, mm-hmm. he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Mm. That's not might like in, hopefully he will, maybe yeah. he will, maybe he won't. Yeah. Same here. Like, So how do, you, how do we understand yeah. those usage of may and might in these contexts? That's right. It's... Um, so in short, it's it's Paul's attempt to kind of express what I would call genuine Christian hope. So the subjunctive mood is, you know, expressing 
your desire, your wishes, um, kind of an if then statement, like if I get there, this is what will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that idea right. and where Paul is saying there, you know, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection or that I may somehow attain the resurrection from the dead. Um, it's where I say, okay, so what, what is genuine Christian hope? And it's not wishful thinking in the way we might use the word hope. We might say, gosh, I hope I'm eating steak for dinner tonight. And like, that's not a thing. Like maybe, maybe that'll just happen to be a thing. It's, it's more of a wishful thinking. Um, hope in the Christian usage of the the word, um, means a confident expectation and there's confidence in something that has not happened yet, but that you have expectation, every reason to believe that it will. Um, and so I think that's what Paul's getting at here when he says may or might, um, as this, uh, questioner put it, uh, it's not that Paul is like concerned that it might not happen. Right. Um, so he's not expressing doubt in that, but at the same time, nor is he expressing a presumption upon God to say, you know, it's automatic now. I mean, you know, God owes me this now. He, the whole context of this passage is Paul saying, this is about Jesus's work and not mine. And the whole resume that I built for so many years of my life to present to God as the reason why he owed me something. I've now counted that rubbish. Yeah. So he's saying how, you know, far be it from me in essence to now switch and say, you owe this to me. This is an automatic thing, God. Um, so, so Christian hope, I guess, is runs this road where the ditches on either side, on the one hand, would be doubt, and you'd be saying, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Man, I, maybe. Like, maybe it'll happen. Um, and on the other side, the, the ditch on the other side of the road would be presumption. Yeah. So this may or might is is hope that avoids both doubt or presumption. Right, right. And I think that's that's Paul kind of threading the needle where the whole point of this is that it's Jesus's work. And because it's Jesus's work, we have every confidence that it's going to happen. Yeah. But because it's Jesus's work and not ours, we're always dependent. Yeah. And so we can't ever become presum- presumptuous. Yeah. So that's maybe how, um, you know, maybe that's how I think about it as I'm unpacking those, those words there as Paul's describing it. Yeah, yeah. And, and probably uh, all of us find ourselves falling into one side of the ditch or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe in a, even in different seasons or in different circumstances, life circumstances that come upon us. Yeah. We find ourselves maybe more doubtful. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's we don't see clearly what Jesus is doing in our life right now. We, you know, whatever the case may be or presumptuous, you yeah. know, that we think. We are we are killing it as yep. Christian followers, yep. Christian followers of Christ, and and so you know, yep. we we deserve something from God. That's right know, for that, and yeah. So all of the all of the the doctrines about um, the per, what's sometimes called the perseverance of the saints, yeah, or God's preservation of the saints. It's kind of you know really more about God holding His people rather right. than the people's strength on their own. Yeah. But um, the idea that, that your salvation is something that you don't lose, that, that idea, that's a, that's a beautiful doctrine for weak people who know how far short we fall of God's standards. It's, it's, it's always used by Paul. He's the main one that articulates those, those kinds of convictions. Um, well, Jesus himself, I should, I should, I should correct myself there. Jesus says, you know, the, the father knows the sheep and he'll never lose sheep out of his hand. So like that, Jesus himself talks about that. But, um, that's a, that's always used as, as a comfort to weak people. It's never used as a, an excuse 
for people who are presumptive. It's, right. it's never used as like, a, hey, you know what? You're fine. So whatever you do in the rest of your life doesn't yeah. really matter. It's always used as a comfort for people that know how weak they are right. and know how fickle they are and know how much they depend upon the grace of God every single day yep. to be sustained as saints. And then you, and that's why it's so beautiful. You have it. You have confidence because it's Jesus' faithfulness holding you. It's God preserving the saints, not just yeah. the saints persevering yeah. on their own. Yeah. But the, um, but the, yeah, the way, the way that we, I mean, we, you're wise to point that out, Bob, in different seasons of life. Um, we'll, we'll probably find ourselves veering toward one of those ditches more than the other yeah. as Christians where we're becoming doubtful and going like, gosh, I just don't even know if I'm, if God would love me, if God would still hold on to me given what I'm going through in my life right now yeah. um, or what I'm struggling with right now. Or on the other hand, I'm killing it. I'm knocking it out of the park as a Christian. Yeah. Um, so therefore, what do I have to worry about at all? Like this is, this is a set done deal. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, hopefully we uh, got into the the idea of the the subjunctive there and those words may and might. Yeah. He, maybe even another helpful analogy. Um, I often in and all I think many of us do when we preach, we often will use either the phrase "may you" or "may we" or "let us" um, as kind of a charge at the end. Uh, <laughs> toward, not always at the end, but as yeah. the maybe the more um, directive imperative kind of parts of a sermon where you're saying do this with this text yeah. church as, as elders under, you know, under the authority of, of God and, and called by him to, to admonish and teach and encourage people um, will give directives in, in our preaching often, at least the words and phrases that come to my mind are these kinds of words. Like may you know the surpassing worth of Jesus. And it's, it's a, it's similar in that sense. It's a statement of saying, um, actually go do this. Not like, Hey, I hope you do. Yeah. But like, I do hope you do, but with, with confident expectation that if you actually step into this, you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this kind of tees things up for next Sunday's sermon, I think too, because, you know, we, because we have a sure hope and a sure anchor in Jesus Christ that frees us up to run hard after him to, to press on. And, and, you know, Paul says, preview of next Sunday, probably, but uh, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal yeah. uh, for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. So like you say, that, um, you know, the desire that we might know him mm-hmm. really provides fuel for us to press on after him and to get to know him and and That's seek right. to live lives that are pleasing to, pleasing to him, that we might have the prize of Christ himself. That's right. So that's good. And that is a great preview for next week. Yeah. Next week is the one place that the actual phrase press on shows up in the text itself. That's kind of where we took our, uh, our series title and all the the sermon titles from grabbing that out of there. Yeah. And, and just, you know, it's been a great series. Philippians, there are so many, like so many verses in Philippians Mm -hmm. that, that um, could be great memory verses. And, and it's a, it's a book that, really lends itself to really great preaching. There are like a lot of, yeah. as I would say, batting practice fastballs. Oh, totally. But yep. people foul off batting practice fastballs. <laughs> but I, I, I really uh, commend you. You've been hitting them out of the park. Oh, These, thanks, this man. series it's, has been wonderful. It's, it's, I, it's been a real gift and joy to do this series. Like, as you said, I mean, it does, it does feel like, um, you know, like, like they're putting the ball, like, you know, Paul's putting the ball on the tee for you. Like yeah. if you're, if you're struggling to see the gospel and preach the gospel from Philippians, um, 
you're probably like really struggling like in other things in life too. Like it's, yeah. it's just such, it's such a, um, it's so easy to talk about Jesus and what he's yeah. done from the way Paul writes about it in yeah. this text. And there are so many memorable passages that I, to your point that are totally worth um, memorizing. And that's even a great preview of, you know, a couple of weeks out from now too. We have some people that have been memorizing and, and in the past did memorize the entire book of Philippians. We actually get to hear a little bit of that from them. Um, after Easter. So we got a few yeah. weeks yet till yeah, that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that at some point, but um, just to, just to encourage what seems to be at times a forgotten, but really important uh, spiritual discipline, uh, part of studying scripture and even part of praying uh, part of the Christian life is, is to memorize, to internalize uh, the word of God yeah. to um, as the psalmist puts it, to hide it in our hearts uh, that we might not sin against God. And so, um, man, if that's something that you've never done, Philippians is a great place to start. Oh, and th- this text right here, Philippians 3, we were in yesterday. There's some great, like, 7 through 11 in particular. Yes. Um, man, uh, internalize those. Philippians 1, 6, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. I mean, there's just, yeah. there, there would be plenty of passages worth memorizing uh, in this book. Um you could almost close your eyes and put your finger down yeah. on a page in Philippians. That's right. And you'd probably land on a verse that would be really good to hide in your heart. That's exactly right. So, you know, for those of you who've never done that, great place to start. For those of you who maybe once did that, have maybe not done that for a long time, great place to restart. Um, and we'll get to talk more about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So as we look ahead to our Bible studies, yeah. we'll be getting together here uh, throughout the week. Uh, what would be some some good questions that you think uh, the Bible studies would would do well to dive into? I would I would encourage you all in your Bible study groups to to open up that the idea of the sources of counterfeit confidence, and even to to as much as you're willing to to be vulnerable in that setting to share your own what kind of resume are you prone to build? What yeah. what is it that you point to in your own life for two things? One and maybe most importantly, why God should forgive you, favor you. Um, why God should, why God owes you something like a comfortable life or even owes you eternal life. It mm-hmm. owes you heaven. Um, but also the things you point to in your own life and your own resume to differentiate yourself from other people. That's the Judaizers were doing it for both reasons, but they were saying, we're the real genuine article. We're the true people of God. You Gentile Christians, fine. You can be Christians, but you also have to become like us first. You're you have JV, to, qu- you're Christians. JV Christians. You got to live up to this bar that we're already living up to. To really be the, the the to really be Christians to really be followers of Jesus, you got to do the Jewish law too. So, um, so I would say in your Bible study groups, open up, share about sources of counterfeit confidence that you've struggled with in your own life, um, and and maybe that's a, that will be a, a great segue to like how what does it then look like for you to consider those things as loss that you might actually gain yeah. Christ. Because there, I mean, there are gifts in those things. Like if you're a hardworking, disciplined person, if you're a zealous person, if you have parts of your 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 family life that have just been real assets to you, and the family you grew up in, and they taught you great things. Uh, if you're a if you're a morally exemplary, I mean, all that is has its place. Yeah, sure. Just not as a source of confidence before God. Yeah. <laughs> then yes. it's a li- Then it's a liability. Yeah. So how do you how do you take these things, count them as loss, gain Christ? And still maybe in that see the gift that some of those things can be when deployed as a response to the to the confidence that Christ offers through his own righteousness, through his yeah. work. Um, so I'd say those are maybe great, probably could occupy your entire time. Oh, what, for sure. what are your what are your what are the resumes you build and we build in your own life? 
Um, and how do you count those things lost? Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. I know at least our Bible study has been having some great conversations. I know that's been going on in a lot of the other Bible studies. And uh, yeah, look forward to another good week of, of study coming up. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. And Bob, thanks. Uh, it was great to have you. Great, yeah. to, great to substitute some uh, some Yinzer for Jersey today. <laughs> and um, yeah, great to have you all here. Uh, blessings to you as you um, jump into your Bible study groups this week. And uh, we'll look forward to... Being back next week on another uh, episode of the Sermon Beside podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah, take care. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Beside podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.libertyharrisburg.org. That's liberty with an I, harrisburg.org.